Okay, you know what? We're going to try to take a break right now. All right, we're going we're to take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. Am I on? Is that what's going on? Okay. So, uh, good morning. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition, coming to you from ComedySchoolsRadio.com in the ComedySchools.com studios. That's, we have a lot of weird coincidences here in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, the ComedySchoolsRadio.com is located in the ComedySchools.com studios, and a guy named Rick Bronson owns Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. And uh, someone should put John's uh, microphone in front of him. Yeah, right now. So, I, uh, I've got a thing. Oh, there we are. That's yeah. what we're talking about. We have uh, good morning, man. How are you? I'm good. We have, uh, we have in studio with us, we have Rick Bronson and John Roy. Rick is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy all week. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, one Sunday. Is that your first time at Rick's? Uh, and not not working for him, but my first time here at the club in Arizona. But I've I've worked for Rick since uh, 2006. You've worked with Rick. I, yeah, nobody works for. for him. <laughs> I, again, it sounds too club owner. Yeah, when like, someone says that. You know, you're gonna have to. You know what? You, there's nothing wrong with being a club owner. Oh, if you've worked for some of the clubs I have, uh, there's yeah, a true. lot wrong with a lot <laughs> no. of club owners. You know, uh, hey, you, we're gonna pay in cocaine this week. How do you feel about that? I, 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 I Point in all of our lives, we felt pretty good about it. True that, true that. There are there are good club owners and there are bad club owners. Now you're you're right. The nature of the uh, the business sometimes will turn a good man bad true. because of just the, the sheer panic and anxiety and rage and fear and that you can go out of business. You could be you could be swimming in money on Saturday and the next week be going out of business. So that can turn people evil. But you're gonna have to own the fact, Rick, that you are a club owner. Right, but you're a mean, hybrid. But it still it means uh, guys like John and other comics are all independent. They're all independent contractors, so they work with us. They don't work for us. I don't. I, and it just sounds to me. No, so you know some way I, I don't even like. I don't even like how the name waitress John, became server. John, this is this, okay. Hold on, hold on. This is, sounds like more like a tax thing. Uh, so, you know, they don't that's work right. for us. They work with us. That's, that's they're, right. This is a, this is just a big W nine speech, Tony. That's right. <laughs> you're not an employee. You're an independent contractor. The method by which the money shows up in the account <laughs> is not really uh, worth arguing over. <laughs> Did that money come for him or with? I don't know. It's here. The money's here now. <laughs> it, it can get a little crazy. Like this is the studio. This is not the office. Okay. Because when I go and talk to my accountant. They go. Uh, are you going to take the home office deduction this year? Because I've got a I've got a complete office in my home. And if this was the office, then I could. There's not, no deduction. There's you no know, deduction. you keep that home office. Yeah, yeah, we keep the home office. So this is the studio, and it becomes those weird things that drive men mad, <laughs> that injure people. So, so this is your not your first time in Arizona. No, I, I've I've been I've been working the uh, Phoenix area for you know several several years now. Worked different clubs around, but this is my first time over at the new club, uh, and it's it's great. Yeah, it's a beautiful it's, uh, club. It's it's awesome. Do you find Arizona to be, it's, it's almost like uh, wanting to be a baseball player. You kind of start out, in, uh, the clubs are like a sandlot club, you know, like a one-nighter someplace uh, off a mill, and then you work your way up through A clubs and double A clubs. Well, I came here already having done, I, you know, I started in this market as already a headliner with sure. TV, so yeah. I didn't have to do, like, whatever somebody starting out here has to, yeah. like, bat through the, the lower leagues. Like, I just was like, oh, where, where's the gig? Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's a good market. Uh, I can't deal with your summers. They're too hot. It's uh, 115 is not a, that's an oven setting. That's not a, a, I mean, I don't, I can't, I feel like there must be a generation
generation of children who grew up here who have never seen an unmelted candy bar. They just think Snickers is something you drink. Just a weird brown drink that's got peanuts in it that comes in a paper wrapper for some reason. I feel this has got to be the only state where leather seats make the car worth less. Like, we're just like, wait, do you want leather seats? Why? I don't want you to just murder me right now. Like, uh, I, I, I mean, I really, you guys, how do you do it? Like, for real, what do you, I, I how do you, you live how. through a 116 degree month? Well, we're just ahead of the curve as far as global warming goes. Oh, <laughs> you're just getting used we're, to it. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> I, I, and I've pointed this out before. People come here and they always bitch about that. I mean, and I'm a snowbird too, right? So yeah. I, I'm from a land where there's more snow and ice than you. At 116 degrees, First of all, being from Chicago, you've learned how to deal. Yeah, but it doesn't make me like it. <laughs> but still, you can deal and tolerate yeah. and live with extreme cold. Yes. So there's no difference when having to deal with extreme heat, with the exception of you don't need to get out of your house in extreme heat and shovel the snow away or, or put salt on the ice. But I and can't shovel my Irish skin off. I mean, like, there are just certain things that I'm not built to deal you with. You can have a skin peel. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know how you deal with it, Rick, but, I, you know, for years I uh, I had a home here and in Los Angeles. So I was never here five days a week, day in, day out, you know, for an entire year. Uh, so, but when in 2008, when I when I uh, uh, relocated here per- permanently or semi-permanently, you know, I'm here all the time. So when I really had to deal with the heat, and here's how you deal with it. Don't go outside yeah well the same though again going back to the winter theory you go from a heated house to a heated garage to a heated car to another heated garage into that yes. heated building so go from your air-conditioned home to your air-conditioned car into an air-conditioned building and bob's your uncle or just buy a bubble that you live in and just walk like a giant snowsuit made of uh of freon and just walk everywhere with your own personal uh air conditioning system yeah. so, sounds safe are you ever, so i don't go outside a lot I mean, we have a pool in the backyard so we I, i'll hop in a pool then i go in the air though the exact thing you said you know where you go from the house to the car to the garage all the way to the office but then you'll be driving down the road and there'll be like guys working It'll be like 120. Yeah, and stuff still it's can get, needs to get built. They're like yeah. badass. Yeah. yeah, but you're only shocked by that because, again, we're all comics. So just seeing guys working yeah. and yeah. understand that they work from sunrise to sundown. And Did that guy just lift something heavier than a microphone? <laughs> oh, wow. my God. Yeah, like, that's, uh, that's insane. Who is this Hercules? <laughs> yeah. Who is this God? Oh, boy, I wonder if he could lift like a box or something. <laughs> yeah, like it's, you, uh, are you ever driving on the freeway and you look and it's, it's like 120 out and you see the guy... With the car that has no air conditioning, he's got the window down, and he's just pissed off because his whole goal is not to go under 40, so that the breeze, and he's just sitting there, you can just see, and if he has to slow down, he's looking at you with murder in his eye, you're causing me to get hot. But you're li- you live in Los Angeles yep. now, and you live in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, no, yep. you live in... No, Texas. I live uh, I live just, I live in Thai Town, just, uh, just west of Los Feliz. Sure. I used to live in West Hollywood because I always wanted to live in a lunatic asylum in the gay part of Moscow. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but once I dealt with that uh, for, you know, after like four Russian ladies in front of you with the right aid going, I come here two years, I get no deals. Well, yeah, you don't here. There's a camera on the guy. I'm sorry your country lost the Cold War and now you have to live in our gay neighborhood, but you can't haggle for Pepsi. So either buy it or don't. Actually, things probably work better in your world where everyone helps each other out in the village, but it's not like that here. So either buy the grape juice or don't. <laughs> but you can't, you're not going to get anything out of this guy. But uh, finally, I left WeHo. I moved in with my girlfriend, uh, and we live just uh, on the uh, on the Hollywood side of Los Feliz sure. between uh, Thai Town and $4.5 million homes. So, like, it's a weird, uh, you know, only in LA, you know? I know. I used to live, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Las Feliz in Vermont. 
Oh, did, yeah, that's almost exactly what we live on on Normandy and Hollywood. Yeah, so there's like Restaurant Row is right near you. Yeah, yeah. So I lived up there right, right by the Greek Theater. Oh, we love the Greek. Awesome. I, I like LA. I'm not an LA hater. Like I moved it's there from Chicago, place. but I like it, and I don't get. People are always like, well, you know, you can't get any good pizza. Well, it's 80 in February. Eat a taco. Like, you know, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what? People that don't like L.A. are looking for some other city there. No, you're not going to. If you want New York, go to New York. It's a different place. There is good pizza in Hollywood. And I'm going to tell you where it is. Where? Okay. Michelli's. Okay. You know Michelli's? Uh, I've seen it's it. It's like off a, you know, it's, it's like an ancient place. Yeah. In the 40s. It's got an upstairs, downstairs. There's also one, if you're on uh, Barham, it's become a Ventura. Okay. You know, so. Yeah, we'll Can I say, you're, you're, wasting, you're wasting his time. I'll tell you why. He just, he was in Montreal for the Comedy Festival, which is obviously, as you know, my hometown. Yeah, it is. I always say there's five cities in North America that are truly amongst the best food destinations in this entire, in the, in the enti- in, on the entire planet, really. But uh, New York, San Francisco, New Orleans, uh, uh, Chicago and Montreal, amongst five of the best restaurant food cities in the world. And he says to me, I only found like two decent places to eat in Montreal. Someone in Montreal and, thinks and so. And when he told me that, he had just come off performing in Montreal. So I immediately <laughs> got on the phone, called the club owner of that club, and said, he is making his last official appearances <laughs> in Canada, in your clubs and my clubs. For such a great food city, I don't know why they're so addicted to a limp, soggy cheesesteak with a bunch of pepperoni they threw on top of it. Uh, I mean, there's some weird... All over Montreal, there's that sandwich. There's no cheesesteaks? No, it is a weird roast beef and cheese sandwich that's soggy pepperoni all over the top, and they serve it in like nine places downtown. I don't know where the sandwich came from you or why they like it. got to get out of the strip club district. <laughs> <laughs> you got a food fight going on there. <laughs> I also feel that poutine is probably better suited for some kind of masonry or uh, insulation. That's how it was invented. (laughs) How do you think we fixed the pothole issue? (laughs) McChellis. Yes. They've got pretty good pizza. I will go there. If you go over there, it's pretty good pizza. It's it's reasonable. Where is it? Because I'm heading there in a couple of weeks. Uh, Right off of like Hollywood and Cherokee. That's right by where I live. Yeah, Yeah, I'll totally go there. And it's thin crust, right? It's none of this ridiculous Chicago deep dish and you need a knife and fork BS, Well, that's not pizza. That's not. You're right. I I I grew up in St. Louis. Oh, but you like that Provel nonsense on emos if you're from St. Louis. I mean, that pizza is garbage. Yeah, you know what? We're going to shut down for a minute. You're not going to wrestle. You know Provel is only made for your own city. They make it in Wisconsin. Right. That one truck goes down and takes it to the only idiots that think it's good. It doesn't even it's, – it's like half Velveeta. It won't even solidify at room temperature. It's right. the most nonsense pizza I've ever seen. Let's it it doesn't make any sense. What, baseball. What, what song? <laughs> baseball, Mr. Chicago. Uh, can we throw to a song? I've always <laughs> – <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. I, I, I don't know. Does the red hat make your taste buds not work? Like I don't really understand. Like what? What the thing is? Uh, I don't mind if the crust is thin. It's that Provel that's just got to stop. Does it, it bother you? So you, now you've attacked Rick's. Food. Even at the Hill, <laughs> even you go to the Hill so, and you get the toasted yeah, ravioli. Just so we're clear, he's no longer getting booked in Montreal or St. Louis. <laughs> even at a place with real Italians, they still put that Prevel in everything. I feel like I mean, Lee, it doesn't make any I'm sense. Feel like Lee J. Cobb on the waterfront. You don't work a funny bone. <laughs> you don't work a house of comedy. You make fun of our oh, food. If, if you could ban me from a couple funny bones, actually, I would appreciate that. <laughs> if, that if there's a way that we could. Uh, <laughs> take, you don't work. Omaha. Take the St. Louis Westport. Bone off the schedule. I think I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I was a movie projectionist right before they opened that joint, right across where there was a cinema there back yeah. in the 70s. And I just went, I got to get out of this town. 
And a year later, they opened up a comedy club there. So you were originally from Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. That's Chicago. where this accent comes from. Although I, I didn't know I had an accent until I moved to L.A. And 12 store clerks in a row, when I told them my name was John, they go, Chad? Because that is what a California brain does with the Chicago A sound. It just melts their CPU and their inner Siri goes, Chad? One guy thought I told him my name was Judd. And then a woman at a poster store, I go, my name's John. She goes, Jai? I was like, Jai. Yeah, well, that's the real problem. Your name's not messed up enough yeah, for the California like, market. You know, I was like, first of all, there is no one named Jai, so no. And second of all, even if there was, no, there, there, even if there Malibu. was someone named Jai, would this be Jai? <laughs> no. Would this face be where Jai, the first Jai you ever heard of in your life? But the funny <laughs> thing about it is I chose to talk like this. Like, I don't mean that, you know, I, I found a, a genie and I was like, I want to talk like a dickhead. You know, like it was <laughs> it was more like uh, my parents don't talk like this. My parents are from St. Louis. They both have master's degrees. My parents talk like an NPR story about wind farms. <laughs> I got this voice from a kid on my block named Murph. <laughs> that, that's, that's where this thing comes from. The, the Chicago accent is just a slightly more sophisticated Cleveland accent. Yeah, or not. I yeah. know a Cleveland guy that's indistinguishable. There's a guy named Sean Flannery. He's from Cleveland. But yeah. I'm like, can are you, you sure you're not from Rogers Park? How are you not from Chicago? <laughs> can, you, yeah. can you even say sophisticated in Cleveland in the same <laughs> sentence? If you're that's talking about crime, I ways to burn your river down, I think they had a pretty sophisticated one. But that, that's about True it. That. <laughs> so your parents were born in St. Louis, but you weren't raised in St. Louis. No, I moved to Chicago when I was nine months old. So okay. I go back there On your and own? see my cousin. Yeah, I said, you know what? I'm not liking this pizza. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think it's time to you know to explore some new uh, pizza opportunities. You need to take him to, uh, he moved, but you can find a Fraser Steakhouse. Uh, George Fraser is a St. Louis boy from the Bevo Mill area who imported St. Louis pizza here to Phoenix. It's the only place to get. I was going to say, if you like. Good Can we pizza, export it back? <laughs> now, you, you need to take him there and make him eat the damn pizza. What's you can't make me eat Provel. I've already Fraser's, been down that road. Fraser Steakhouse. Good steaks. Great steaks. But he, they bring in pizza at a steakhouse? Well, he, makes, he makes pizza. He's a St. Louis guy, and he makes pizza, St. Louis style pizza. So okay. he, he has it there, and like little 10 inch pizzas. It's not a. Is that the main thing? It's like an appetizer menu. kind it's of like thing. It's like an appetizer pizza pie. There's a great pizza place in St. Louis called Pie. They have a bunch of locations, and their shirt has Provel with a line through it. <laughs> so, like, I'm just happy that there are some people in St. Louis that have come to their senses and eaten real cheese. I, you know, the rate of heart attacks in Chicago are much higher. Because <laughs> all you guys eat is, like, really thick pizza. And no, we don't eat. We eat that once when our aunt comes into town and yeah. goes, oh, the deep dish. But, like, you know, it's not just shoving that in your face every day unless you really want, a, like, a Subway Club card at the hospital. The, the Italian beef sandwich is really the it big thing. That's the big thing in Chicago. Thing. There is nothing wrong with an Italian beef. No, that Italian beef is good, uh, especially with peppers. Got to have yeah, the hot peppers. You know with the peppers? Got to have the hot peppers. In and out, I don't, you know, really just a mouthful of beef is all I'm, I'm really <laughs> looking for out of that. On that note, let's go to this <laughs> song. <laughs> and, uh, just, and here is Mouthful of Beef, a Obscure B-side, but they... From West Hollywood. (laughs) uh, I don't know how West Hollywood got a reputation as a gay neighborhood. It's clearly the Russian and crazy homeless person neighborhood with a couple gay guys sprinkled in to keep the property value up. (laughs) I don't know what... It's kind of changed. There was a reason why West Hollywood became a gay neighborhood. And it was that the the, uh, chief of police in Los Angeles, Ed Davis, was doing this big crackdown on gay bars and beating up gay guys everywhere and beating them up in parks and raiding their bars. So they all worked in, a lot of them worked in the entertainment industry, so they couldn't leave Los Angeles, but it was horrific to live there. So they just went a mile or two oh, wow. over into That's cool. into Los Angeles County, where if you just paid off the sheriffs, they never beat you up 
or arrested anyone. No one ever gets arrested in West Hollywood or used to because you just went, here's 10 bucks, leave me alone, man. Yeah. So no, then, well, WeHo now is like they just put all these condos in like six foot, yeah, six story tall condo buildings on yeah, every like corner. Six, six foot condos. Yeah, huh? six. You know, it's just a, attracting the actors are smaller, shorter people, so they don't need quite the square footage that you might yeah. be used to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really changing. All of LA is becoming more urbanized, and it looks more like New York or Chicago now. Sure, they're all building on the chain lines. And I used to live in know. Barney's Beanery, so I don't know what that's like anymore. But uh, Barney's it, Beanery, it was a real dive in those days. It's not it. a dive anymore. It's all rich bro guys watching football. It's 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 not a dive at all anymore. It's uh, it's a, there's a there's a lot of money in Barney's every Sunday. You could actually get thrown out the front door by a bouncer, like literally thrown out. When I used to go there, it was like a beautiful place. Yeah, it it's uh, you. If if that's the kind of flavor you're looking for, you won't find it there anymore. It's still a nice yeah. place to watch a football game and eat eat a burger, but it's uh, it's a pretty posh establishment now. It's a posh establishment. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's that the it's the big heart. it's the that big breaks my heart. it's the big sports bar in Hollywood. So anyone Barney's on Beanery. yeah, oh, right over a, there on Santa Monica. This was a Hell's Angels hangout. Yeah, it's not anymore now. And now it's uh, it's like. High-end guys with a real expensive watch and a Detroit Lions shirt from when the guy was nine. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I can appreciate that. It's, it's kind of like I hang out at Greasewood Flats now, and it's just not the same. It's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you a story about Barney's Beanery? Sure. So Barney's Beanery was a bastion of uh, heterosexuality, motorcycle outlaw... Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and you. And me. <laughs> and me yeah, 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 which and I didn't fit in with any of them. <laughs> and uh, like Wendy O. Williamson of Plasmatics. I bought a car there from a guy, the guy who wrote Here She Comes Miss America, who was like a broke down drunk. No. Who hung out there. Yeah, and like John Barrymore Jr. hung out there. You know, so it was like a real loser bar. You know, a bar where you can buy a car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, one of those old-fashioned I, bars I, where you can just buy a car from a man and know you were in a bar. I didn't, I didn't buy the car completely. I split it with a guy. I split it with a guy. <laughs> you split it. <laughs> yeah, I split well, the, well, you share, get it on Monday and Tuesday? And I, then, did, I did, I did. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll share the steak and the Cadillac, please. <laughs> You know who I shared it with? Did you ever see Boondock Saints? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, David Delarocca, who played the Joker, man. Okay, now you're really you asking me to go deep on a movie I haven't seen since yeah. Bill Clinton was in the yeah. White House. It's the only movie. It's the only movie David ever did. Okay, but he and I uh, bought it from uh, what was the guy's name? I forget, Bernie Wayne or something. And it was 166 bucks for a '66 uh, um, Chrysler that would shimmy unless you were going under 30 or over 70. And <laughs> so which is good means you always had air conditioning. We always had air, air conditioning, and uh, uh, <laughs> then it'd be uh, his day, and I would drop it off, and he'd go a block and it'd run out of gas because I wasn't going to put gas in for him, and he <laughs> nice. did the same to me. Well, that's a, that's when it's good to split the ownership because you're like, yeah, it's out of gas and it's yours now. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I think if you want to, if you, it's time to turn the car over. If you wanted, it's on Fountain and Normandy. <laughs> I got I to ask Rick a question because you said something a couple weeks ago that really. Uh, it was deep, man. Deep. It was deep, and I had to ponder it. Might have been my alter ego then. No, this was because uh, you know uh, uh, Rick has a deep side, where he, he thinks he thinks deep thoughts. He does, and uh, we were talking about cars, and we were talking about the insides of people's cars. Yeah. And you were talking about you could tell something about a man. You can tell a lot about a per I mean, a person in general, but I mean, I think even more so with a man because I think women just by nature tend to be neat. But still, you can also tell. I, even, I've been in women's cars where. You I'm get sure in, you, you get in the front seat, and uh, and it looks like they got their shit together. And you look into the back seat, and you realize, man, what a facade these people have going on right now, because it's just piled up. You know, they're just sure. their life is in complete disorder and disarray, and it's piled up behind them. 
Well, and road comics cars that they semi live in are—you'll never see a more like. I don't know. I did. My, I had a real issue with driving a garbage truck. I don't even understand RVs. Who wants to drive their own piss and crap around? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I don't even get the concept. Here's my question, because I started thinking about it. Because I went out and then uh, that morning I got in my car and I realized that um, the front of my car is pristine, the back of my car is pristine. But I never washed the damn thing. So the outside is filthy. So when Rick Brunson's That, that just means you have bad hygiene. That's all that means. That, that means you've personally got your shit together, but you can use some shampoo. Los Angeles. I wanted to know, and thank you. Los Angeles laughs at your car wash, though. I mean, you, your car, it's like Homer Simpson shaving. That dirt's back on there in 20 Not seconds. here. Yeah. Uh, L.A., though, a, a car. I don't know why everyone in Glendale gets a white car, because it's a gray car by 2 p.m. I, I don't know what, you know. It's one thing I do love about Arizona car culture is that our cars stay clean. We don't have any salt water coming in off the, off the Pacific to rust them up. You don't it's have the Pico a, Avenue bus belching black smoke all over your car, either. You know, like, it's... Uh, uh, it's a different. No, this this is a clean, clean area, especially Scottsdale. If you come up the one, take the one on one loop anywhere, it is spot. It's even it's still to, even though I've been living here for years, it blows me away how clean we are here. It really is a clean, clean market. You are serious about making your businesses beige too. Like somebody yeah. is like, it's you know, I think if somebody buys another can of paint at Sherwin Williams, a couple guys go pay him a visit at midnight. We heard you're going to get colorful. It's a beige town. You, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. The, the it is incredibly. The amount of laws that are in place to protect the aesthetics of the desert are incredible, especially in Scottsdale and in the nicer regions around Phoenix. If you go into like some of the west parts of Phoenix where it's the elements a little bit rough, I mean, you'll see homes of all different colors. But anywhere where they're really uh, concerned about maintaining the sanctitude of the uh, of the desert, they're really. If you really can make Best Buy make a beige Best Buy, you did something. You got some power because they want to go blue, yellow, real bad. Yeah. yeah. My house is white, and I'm the only white house on my block. Because when I was, because I built, I built it as an investment, and then I got stuck with it. Now it's my home, and I actually like it. But uh, it's the only one. All the homes are beige. But when I tried to buy this house in the San Fernando Valley a long time ago, it was an old Spanish hacienda, but it was just too torn up that we didn't cost too much to fix it up. So I wanted my house to look like that. So I have a white house, but my roof it looks like a Spanish house. Mm -hmm. So it's everything in this town is white or beige. You're absolutely right. Which can trick you. Are you part of an HOA here? Oh, I am, yeah. So do they not mandate one of your six colors that you can be, basically? Yes. And beige, off beige, a little beiger, <laughs> brown, light brown, and back to beige. Well, we also have Beijing. Beijing. <laughs> really? That's a bright red, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. And you can you can have it if you know if you have the right signs in your front yard. Basically, no, like white. you can have any color that could be a white guy's hair. Like that's pretty much like <laughs> the only uh, the color to <laughs> allow you on the spectrum there. Like could could a guy named Doug have hair that looked like that? Then yeah, that that can be your house. <laughs> How long, how long have you been doing stand-up? You're a very uh, funny guy. How long well, you thank you this? very much. I've been doing stand-up full-time for about 13 years, and my first open mic was 18 years ago. And where did you start? Uh, Chicago. You started in Chicago? Yeah. Because I heard rumors. Because I heard St. Louis. I heard you associated with St. Louis. I heard you associated with Denver. Uh, well, I've done festivals in Denver, and I put, but I, I'm, a, I'm a Chicago comic, but I moved to L.A. in when I was... You know, 29. I did Star Search on CBS, and then right after I did that, oh, okay. I moved out to the Arsenio one. Not, I'm not that old. But uh, <laughs> I won Star Search, uh, and then I moved out to L.A. and have lived there ever since. You know, I mean, touring a lot. But, you know, yeah. Chicago is where the act started, and it's kind of the scene I identify with. Them. And I still go back there three, four times a year to do stand-up. And uh, Now, are you married or you live with someone? I live with my girlfriend. We just moved in together about six months ago. Did she see you at a club? 
Uh, she saw me at a, at a well, it was a, a show at a rock club, but yeah, she saw me at a, at a comedy show. Did, now, you and did you have a long-term relationship before this? Uh, not at that moment. I had a couple. No, not at the moment, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I'm not that, I'm not a dick. <laughs> but, but, um. What are you talking about? Isn't that how guys are? I thought, I thought finding a new girlfriend was a lot like shopping for a new car. You don't yeah. get rid of your yeah. car, then go shopping. Oh, yeah, well, I always call people like that Tarzans, <laughs> that they won't grab the next vine until, like, they still hold on to the vine until the exactly. next one's in the other hand. Yeah. I never like doing that. I'm, you know, well, clean. then what do you do? You take the bus for two weeks between cars? What do you do? <laughs> well, you just, uh, <laughs> certain people, get, their presence gets so irksome that you don't care about the perks anymore. You're like, I really need to not see you ever again. Like, ever, like I don't mean see you, see you. I mean, like, not have you in my field of vision. <laughs> like, uh, no, I, I, I had a couple long-term relationships, but I hadn't had one in a while, and then... I met Angela and I was like, yeah, this is this is what uh, this is what I want. You know? Fantastic! It's difficult to maintain. I was on the road for fifteen years, sure. So it's difficult to maintain because she's the- on the road too, though. Which oh, helps she's me. on the road. She's an education manager for Benefit Cosmetics, so they run her all over the country checking on you know. So do you ever see her? Yeah, yeah. We we try to never see. We we try to only go two weeks apart at the most, which is still hard to do. But if you can, if we can keep two weeks, we can handle. Yeah. As long as we see each other again right after that. Uh, so if you ever go to prison, you'll be fine because it's kind of like a conjugal visit right now. Yeah, well, if, if I did one of the crimes that you can get a two-week sentence for, yeah, it would be, <laughs> be great. <laughs> you know, if I, I don't know, like flick the thumbnail at a crossing guard or whatever you get two weeks for these days. Is, is that two days. weeks? Yeah, yeah I think days. that is two weeks it's in the... Days. <laughs> days. Don't ask me how I know. But yeah, it's hard, but you know, that's every job has some downsides of it and you know, that's the one that we have to deal with, but it's not impossible. I remember uh, going to Bill Dwyer, a great stand up yeah. and you know, I, I was being real I was real depressed at the time cuz I had just gone through a breakup. Two comedians I knew had just gotten divorced and I was like, you know, you know, Bill, man, can you even get married and stay married in this business? I mean, this guy got divorced, that guy got divorced, and Bill guys, those guys are jerks. <laughs> he goes, they'd be divorced if they worked at Chase Bank. He's <laughs> like, of course you can. You just, you know, you just got to make it, you know, make it work like anybody else. For some guys I've heard, I asked the guy one time, I go, what happened? He goes, well, it went from her uh, hating it when I left and not, not being able to stand it when I showed up. <laughs> so it was like they had, she had built such a life for herself and he walked in, you know, he wouldn't make a bed and would wonder what the food is because he thought he was living in a hotel. So it, it finally they had grown so far apart. Yeah. So I just wanted to know your take on it. Well, we also met later in life. Uh, so I think we kind You're of... You're 23. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm 23. He looks young. He <laughs> I, looks young. I did stand up when I was four. I just told you how long I've been in it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. We're, 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 it works. You know, it's, uh, we've, uh, we've been together for about two years now or a year and a half since, you know, we officially started dating. And, you know, I, I, I think this is it. You know, I, I think this will be... You think she's the one? I don't like that term. It sounds like Neo in the Matrix, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think so. Good, fantastic. So now you you're working here in Phoenix at yeah. Rex Club. Have you worked as other clubs? Yeah, yeah. I started in uh, Edmonton. Yeah, actually, I was just doing the math because uh, I want to think now that you probably headlined in Edmonton when you were maybe a couple of years into the 2006 gig. was my first headlining gig in Edmonton or seven. So, so we must have been one of the first clubs to even headline you then. I would uh, guess, I've right? been headlining since 03, like 03? after Star okay. Search, but I wasn't a good, solid headliner until 05. I know. I'm going to talk to you yeah. about that week. <laughs> <laughs> it took me two years of learning the ropes uh, of just – because I'm like, I got this Star Search credit, and then I did a couple little TV things, and I was like, well, you know, i got to go out and headline now. Uh, I'm not going to go back to middling. 
but I don't really know. I was a, I was a, I only had a half hour when I won Star Search, so I was like, well, you just need to throw every joke you ever did in your life and make a forty five happen. But it was rough going for a couple of years. I, I just was, you know, a headliner's a headliner, and you're not one until you are one. And uh, I wasn't one until I think when I did your club, I had I had just. Oh, no, you did a solid. I must have bought. Yeah, you did a like, solid but I, I feel like I. <laughs> well, I no, all, the ultimate, yeah. the, the evidence that you, it, my wife would not have booked you back into the other room right, for so true. many years if you. Yeah. You, you, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, Comedy's uh, not like baseball, you know, where you get four at bats in a game, and if you go three for four, you're looking pretty good. If if you go zero for one in that first try, you yeah, know, yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't bode you, well for you. You get sent back, back down to the double back a down club. to the minors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the weekend club does one show on Friday. Yeah, uh, and you stay in the hotel. So listen, man, we I, I I wanted to meet you for a long time. I kind of followed you, man. We look at your stuff on YouTube. Very funny guy. I would Thank highly you. recommend. Um, I, you know, I used to hate it when I used to tour, and I would go in to do a, a, a radio station. There were no podcasts then, but I'd go do a radio station and go, all right, uh, we don't know anything about you. Be funny now. Yeah, and I, I was like, what do I, you know? So, John Roy, you're bald. That's got to be weird. Like, like yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, like, okay, huh, well, it's, says you did Jay, what was Jay Leno like? And they talk about Leno for 10 minutes, and you're like, well, it was, uh, all right, well, I guess I can leave. <laughs> yeah. We got crazy questions in the hat. Just pull a crazy question out of the hat. We're, we're fielding girlfriend breakup calls, John. Do you want to tell this girl whether she should go to hell? You're like, no, I want her to come to the show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to go back to bed now. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys made it in. I'm very appreciative of it. If you want to see this very funny man, uh, and we're gonna, we'll have all this up on our social media, awesome. which will then, of course, export over to your social media. Yep. Uh, and you'll be able to I, I always, I always retweet, yeah? And yeah, I think you, I think you retweet yeah. me as well. Yeah, tweet, I'm, I'm a good social media user. sitting on a fence. <laughs> uh, so uh, you'll be able to see him at Rick Brown's <coughs> House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. You can find out all that information by going to houseofcomedy.net. You don't want me to say AZ. You can, I just find that whenever sharing domains over at, over this kind of medium, whether it's radio, podcast, or even TV for that matter, I find everyone just always assumes it's triple dub. So just to say houseofcomedy.net. And if you go to that landing page, it takes you to all of our clubs. So at least you can see what's going on in our other markets. You know what I do now? I, I don't. Actually, know. what you can do now is if you go to that page, you can see the other clubs and you, you can, can see what other rooms uh, John will not be playing after <laughs> making fun of Montreal cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, my friends that own the St. Louis Funny Bone listen every day. So, um, hi Matt, <laughs> hi Kubosh. Sorry, all your clubs are closing, and your old business partner's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you tell the blues bar next door to not play while the comic's still on stage. <laughs> you own both of them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen, but I'll make sure they do <laughs> There's no blues bar next to Rick Bratton's house. Uh, well, there's there's going to be a guy crying on the patio. That's it, though. There's no blues bar. <laughs> just a guy weeping on the patio. I just I, I don't even I don't even uh, uh, use a, a web a domain. Like if I want to know about House of Comedy, I just put it in Google. I put it sure. in House of Comedy, everything pops up. My daughter called me the other night. She's in um, she's in a master's program or something. She goes, you know the history of Hanukkah? And I go, kind of. 
And I tried to call you, but I couldn't find what you. What do you need to know? Uh, I can I can uh, guarantee you I can answer the it's question. It's about the Maccabees and the Maccabees, yeah. Was it the second century? Do, do, you, do you want to? Well, actually, I'll tell you where this goes all the way back. It goes all the way back to early Rome. The Maccabees actually came to Rome to try to get the Romans to help them fight Antiochus, King Antiochus, who was the one who was basically yes. killing the Maccabees and the Jews. And uh, not only uh, the Romans didn't want to get involved in the war, and then the, but the Jews that exiled to Rome at that point said, you know, why the hell are we going to go back? there and get involved in the fight let's stick around here if you stick around there uh they they did they actually said there's an area of rome called the jewish ghetto um which is really some interesting food down in that place uh but if you go to the sistine chapel and if you tour it with the right group you can actually take a jewish tour of the sistine chapel where there's jewish artifacts that were stolen by the catholic church and used as art inside the sistine chapel uh, if you go to go to my facebook page i actually took a whole photo album of that it's I, I really mean, really cool so, but here's where we got like to- you see stars of david there's images. I took a super long lens with me, and there's images on top of the in the chapel and in, and throughout um, of the Vatican that have like uh, Kohenim, like Cohens, like the, which were the priests, yeah. high priests for Judaism. Even with Hebrew letters, like you can actually see the images inside the Vatican. It's unreal. Well, here's oh. where we got confused because it said they were they were uh, revolting against the Syrian and Greek empires. So we were trying to figure out why. Well, Alexander the Great conquered that part of the world, and he left puppet governments uh, that were Greek in origin, but uh-huh. they were all over the world because he had conquered the whole world. And so the Syrian authorities at that time were the leftovers from when the Greeks ran the... Damn! Can I ask a question? How yeah. the hell did we just get intelligent? What the... <laughs> <laughs> we just were dissing at... We were yelling about pizza. cheese on pizza. And now we're all of a sudden we're doctorates. <laughs> and John was ruining his Midwestern touring career. Yeah. So, uh, but I tell you why, because I was talking about how in Google, because when she called me and I go, I know a little bit, I go, but you can just go to Google. And she goes, what I, she goes, well, I put in, you know, Hanukkah. I go, well, don't put in just Hanukkah. And I go, she goes, I only got a few minutes before I got to finish this and turn it in. I go, put in history of Hanukkah made simple. <laughs> and two or three websites popped up that gave you I'm thumbnails sure. of the history of Hanukkah. So if you, here's the important question. How did she spell Hanukkah? She spelled it C-H. Good. All right. She, then, uh, she's, then, okay. I, then I'm going to give her bonus points on that paper. <laughs> I was trying to be very codependent and still, you know, be in, uh, have a connection with my 25-year-old daughter. You know, so I spelled it H because I was in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We got to run. This has been so much fun. You'll come back the next of time. Of course. Time. Absolutely. Any, anytime. You, if you're driving through. If you and your girlfriend are driving through, come stay out at the house. Uh, you know, uh, do you know the Ke- White House with the with the, the White House with, with the Mexican the, yeah, roof. The You'll find house. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're uh, Kirsten Albert to stay in Do you know Kirsten? Uh, I don't you know the know. name. Uh, anyway, she's uh, uh, she just did her fourth laughs TV. Very okay. funny comic. So a lot of comics stay at the house when Rick goes. Uh, no, I'm not going to book you. So uh, they stay at my house and then they just keep calling Rick anytime you're here. Please make this uh, your podcast cool. home. We thank Sounds you good. so much. Uh, can I plug my own podcast here? Please do. Uh, it's called Don't Ever Change. We're on uh, iTunes. It's uh, I interview people in comedy about what they were like in high school. We've had Dan Harmon, who created Community, Kamel Najani from Silicon Valley, uh, all sorts of great comedians. Uh, we've done about 81 of them now, and uh, every one of them has TV credits. I so. have not been asked. So uh, <laughs> You were uh, our first. We're going to do Rick series. Bronson next week, and uh, it's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, check that out. And if they want uh, just to follow me in general i'm at john roy comic on twitter and instagram okay we'll connect all that stuff up when we cool. send all this out all right thank you very much gentlemen you've been listening to this american podcast comedy edition i'm tony Vizic. we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes well good i worked out well i didn't know if you'd have anyone in here until, uh,